Yo. Hey. Oh. I was not expecting you, and it's not showing up on my screen, so I don't know. <laughs> well, we canceled our dinner because we're both a little sick, so. <laughs> oh, good. I'm sick, too. Oh, yay. That's I nice. think. I don't know. I've been coughing, real chest coffee, and it's gross. Yeah, we both got real bad throats right now. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Don't you fucking love this weather? Oh, yeah. I don't know how it is for you guys, but we've been swinging wildly from, like, 20 degrees to, like, 50 degrees, back to 20. Yep, that's about what it is here, too. So it's just wreaking havoc on my internal body. <laughs> Same. Uh... <laughs> I, I'm glad because I was worried that I was I've been like doing stuff all night to try and like like take hauls and drink a bunch of water and try not have that like tickly cough all night mm-hmm. which I've been having at work which I, I can tell is really annoying people <laughs> oh, yeah and I started uh, with that a little bit today too yeah uh someone was like someone said something about like you'd like stop coughing or something. I don't remember like jokingly. And I was like, well, if you want to donate a PTO day, that's I'm, I'm all about it. <laughs> I will take it. I mean, I'm just waiting for that to show up and yeah, I'm in <laughs> the stupid part about capitalist America is they're like, Oh no, we, we want you to go home when you're sick, but they don't really want you to go home when you're sick. And then also they take it out of your PTO days, which yeah. makes no sense. It's like, well, then I'm not going to go. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, ra- I'd rather have a vacation. Mm-hmm. You know, Maui Jim used to have a real fucked up sick time system. They changed it, I think, t- t- three, two or three years ago, two years ago. Okay. But it used to do, um, you could have three incidents. Incidents. Before. Incidents, <laughs> yes. And that means you could only be sick three times a year. And, um, if you were, you would only get two days unless you had a doctor's note for additional days. And if you were to take both days, it reflected poorly on you for your review. Wow. Yeah. And not only that, but like, so starting January, if I wasn't sick until March, that's when my sick time year would start would be March (sighs) till the next year. And then, oh my and god! Then it wouldn't reset. It's just whenever March came around, the first, the the initial March date would drop off, and the next sixth day that I had would become the new start of the year. Oh my god! It was so. Stupid. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I, yeah, I actually one time I took a sick day. I had asked <laughs> the day before because I wasn't feeling well, and the day before I asked my supervisor if I had a sick day left, because I, I didn't know if I'd be able to come to work the next day. And she checked and she said yes. But she even read it wrong because it was so confusing and she was wrong. And so I didn't, I called in the next day. But then the day after that, when I came in, she was like, look, you didn't actually have any sick days. So we're just not going to tell HR that you weren't here. Like, <laughs> Sweet. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, like I, she didn't want to get ratted out. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like we could both get fired for this, but whatever. You're my supervisor. <laughs> I'm just doing what I'm told. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, uh, that was, it was so stupid. Cause then, like, cause it was bullshit. Cause if you're sick, you know, and you're sick a second day, like, you don't want to take the second day because then you get less of a bonus or less of a raise because it looks right. Bad. Right. But, like, 
it, it, it was it was stupid. But they've changed it now, so we get four paid sick days any time of the year, and we get six oh. unpaid days. Should we oh, need? Nice. Yeah. But do, but those paid days they take they come out of your PTO first, right? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, and it yeah. does go January to December now. So. And and <laughs> that's the crux of the problem is that because it comes out of your PTO first, there's an incentive to not like to just go to work. And when I worked in California, they look at that shit completely differently. Yeah. They're like, they're like, if you're sick, get the fuck home. Yeah. Take a laptop, go home and work your ass from home. Yeah. Like they, they did not care. They wanted your ass out of the fucking office because you'd get other people sick. Yep. Cats like that too. Haley actually stayed home and worked from home today. Yeah. And, and she's probably going to tomorrow too. She just said. Yeah. She said to tell her, told her to come back when she feels better. It's a simple thing of like, how many people at the office do you want to be sick? <laughs> yeah, the flu and strep are running around building K, and that makes people are dropping like flies. Oh. Assholes go to work. Yeah. Uh, just talking about it makes my head hurt. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, I hate I hate when you get to the point where you're like finally trying to sleep. And it's so miserable because it like your body can't decide which hole to drain from. Like last night, I just felt like shit stomach wise, and I kept thinking I had to poop, but nothing would come out. Oh, so it was, yeah. just, it was just like an upset stomach, but I didn't like actually like get stick. So. And I, don't, I haven't been running a temperature, but I've just been, like, coughing and having, like, those tickly coughs that just won't go away. Yeah, I, uh, everybody at work's been asking me how sick I am and, like, stepping away from me because my voice sounds so bad. <laughs> On a scale of one to what? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you're either sick or you're not sick. You can't be, like, a little sick. Yeah. And, like, and I've, I've been waking up the last couple of days with, like, that nasty, like, dried up green shit in the back of my something or other like it's not I don't know if it's in my throat or if it's in my sinuses or if it's in my nose uh, you just do a couple huck a couple of good loogies and it comes up somewhere and it's real gross uh, this is gonna be the worst episode we've ever done because <laughs> everybody's just gonna be like ugh by the way terrible. why hasn't David gone to the hospital yet like is he like he's throwing up all the time I'm like kind of worried about him <laughs> Oh, this has been going on for months. I know. That's what I mean. Like, why? Does he have Crohn's disease? I don't know. I mean, like, I don't want to speak for David, but the last we had talked about this directly, he had been to doctors and they did like basic tests and could not figure out what it was. Okay. And anything beyond that was going to cost him more than what he was willing to do or something like that. I can't, I don't want to speak for him. Right, right. Yeah, no, I just, I, that's why I was asking because I didn't know if you guys had talked about it when I. But it's not like he's entirely ignored it. He has gone to doctors. Okay. Uh, I think he went to a clinic or something. That um, makes it better. Every time he sends a text that he's thrown up or anything like that, I'm just like, oh my gosh, David. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so when I was one, there. got to be miserable. When I was uh, in Chicago months ago, I was trying to, him and I were going to meet up and just i just wanted to see how he was doing and stuff and like i had actually planned to like go out to cvs and buy him a thermometer because he didn't have one. Oh really but like he uh this was kind of like <laughs> early on when this was going on starting to go on oh yeah and uh and he couldn't go out because he just felt like shit and 
that's when I was like telling him, like, dude, you gotta get like even if you don't like it at that point, you gotta get like Pedialyte or something into yeah. you. Because even if you're gonna throw like that's the thing that people forget, like when they're throwing up a lot. They're like, oh, it's just gonna come back up. Yeah, but your body's gonna absorb some of that. Yeah. And so you can't just keep throwing up and hope that you're gonna feel better. You're gonna feel worse if you're not putting anything back in. And you gotta at least try and get electrolytes because okay, you, you throw up too much, you can go into seizures and shit. Your Ugh. brain your brain starts fire, not firing the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Ugh. That just sounds awful. Uh, well not nearly as awful as that link I sent earlier. I, which one? Oh, you probably weren't paying attention. Yeah, no, I unless it says robot, I'll scan through them and like <laughs> robot at the top, I don't always look at it. Sometimes you have an auto brain filter for the word <laughs> robot. Um no, that's, I mean I should expect that from a robot. Yeah, she's got a filter. Um so uh there's a video that I came across this week that kinda like unsettled me and I don't know if it was in a good way or a bad way. <laughs> and how I could be unsettled in a good way. Well, I'll tell you how. Okay. It's, Please do. Uh, it started off as uh, I was on a subreddit on Reddit called uh, Nature is Metal. And usually it's like really gnarly like animals and like situations with animals. So yeah. like, you know, like, a I don't know, an alligator eating a baby antelope or something like that. Oh, gosh. So it's, it's always crazy shit. But uh I was I was just kind of scanning through, looking at all the subreddits, and then I just come across this one, and it's literally a skeleton being picked clean by uh, vultures. Oh, and it's a uh, that's just the picture, but the title is about um, in Tibet, which is in a contested part of China, right? Mm-hmm. They uh, that's part of the ceremony for how they it's an air burial they literally put the body out and let the elements just take it apart that's right i was gonna i meant to actually meant to look at that because i it seemed kind of interesting but i didn't get a chance to look at it yet yeah so the picture kind of makes it almost seem like picturesque in the sense that you're like oh whoa i mean like wow that is a body that's been picked clean and they have vulture in the picture and it's just a snapshot but yeah. there's a video in the links and it's about the actual practice of that. And it is like full blown metal, bro. It's like wow. there's piles of bodies that are newly deceased people. And there's monks going around literally with like a super sharp cleaver, cutting them at the joints and like skinning their backs and their scalps and stuff so that the birds will more likely pick them cleaner. Ooh. And it is gnarly. And, like, the weirdest thing about it is you can tell that it's, like, the ceremonial, like, spot on this mountain that they've built, like, all this stuff around to make it, like, really special. And it's a ceremonial burial, so, like, all these people and families are there. But just behind the people are all these patiently waiting vultures, like, hundreds of them. (laughs) And literally, you can tell because there's so much food available, they don't even fight. They just wait patiently. And then as soon as they're done, uh, like, getting the bodies ready, and by that I mean literally spreading them out and then cutting them up a little bit so they can get at it more, they just leave these things out there and let them pick at them. And then if the birds walk away, they come back and kind of cut more at it and make it more fresh. 
And it is fucking gnarly looking, dude. Man, I bet that smells bad. Oh, I don't know. I, d- well, yeah, probably. Well, that's like that that corpse forest or whatever that they have in, uh, I think it's Pennsylvania. Oh, the one that they actually donated and they test corpses. <laughs> yeah, that's they, yeah. They're testing decomposition. Right. Some somebody donated a bunch of property to a school, and the school uses it for forensic studies. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually seen a video of one of their deep body decomposition sped up. It was really crazy. Gross. Um, but literally, they just set a camera out there and watched it decompose for months. It's crazy. Have you ever read the book Stiff? I have that book. I haven't read it. I know that the lady that wrote it is crazy cool. <laughs> I think she. I think she's a mortician. Yeah, yeah. And she was, if I remember right, her intent was to write a book to like kind of humanize death and not like. Like, if I remember right, she she has a problem with how so many people think of death in, like, Hollywood terms. And they don't yeah. think about it in, like, concrete terms. And uh, and she wanted to, like, take the, uh, the Hollywoodness out of that whole situation and, like, really explain it, but kind of do it in a funny way, too. Yeah. I've only read chunks of it. I haven't read much of it, so. One of them... <laughs> One of them, that, one of the stories that stuck out to me, because I, if I remember correctly, I haven't read it since I think it had to have been high school or early college, but um, I got it for Christmas one year. And <laughs> what a thing one, to get for Christmas! Yeah. Actually, actually, I think I got it for Christmas from my mom. Yeah, right. <laughs> but like, I, I, one of the, I think every chapter is a different kind of category of what dead bodies are being used for, basically, uh. or or what happens to them, or, you know, whatever. Um, and one of them, I remember, was when you donate your body to science, it's not always medical science or, or medicine. And one of the things that they do is they'll use dead bodies to, like, as, like, crash test dummies to see how much pressure, like, a chest cavity can hold in a, in a car crash. Oh, 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 oh. So, like, they'll put him in a car and have the car wreck and, like, see the traje- trajectory of the body out if they're not wearing a seatbelt and stuff like that. And, like, what kind of damage it does to a human body as opposed to, like, a dummy. Whoa. That is hardcore, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Can you speak a little louder? Oh, okay. They'll have, like, cadaver labs and uh, mechanical testing facilities to test how prosthetics will hold up to fatigue Ah, interesting. So why did they lie to us with crash test dummies? <laughs> <laughs> For commercials. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just to make us all feel good about it. Yeah. You know how they figured out what's the speed at which to ram the car for the test? No. When you, uh, if a, a person, a loud conscious person jumps off the height jumps off a, a, a raised platform. Just they get to they hit the ground and pass out. Is the speed they use for to ram the car? Like they jump for ten feet to fifteen feet, thirty feet. So if you take the acceleration of gravity and somebody jumping off a certain height, that's how they pick how fast to ram the cars. Yikes! How do you get to be that person? Oh. Big paycheck. Yeah, that doesn't seem like something I'd want to sign up for. Oh, my God. Yeah, but it is a very, very interesting book. Because I remember when I opened it, I was, like, shocked at it because I'd never heard of it. And it's, like, the front cover. I don't know if all the covers are the same, but, like, mine is, like, like the 
like feet of a dead person that has a tag stuck to it, you know, like in a morgue. And it's okay. just in the, the title is on the tag. It just says stiff. And I'm like, what the, what is this? Thanks, mom. <laughs> but it was actually a really interesting book. I, I wonder where that is. I'd like to read that again. I think. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I don't know if you caught what I had said, but it's like, my only regret is that I won't be able to be alive to make a hat out of my own skin. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm a leather worker, you know, that's what I want to do. I mean, like what happens if, um, you know, like you lose your foot in a motorcycle accident, we could eat it and you could use the skin. It's oh, like it's a win-win. We can, and then we can talk <laughs> about it. Oh. You, can, you can put that dude riding the giraffe on a hat. I don't know, man. There was a picture I'd seen a long time ago of a guy that he had like lost a finger in like a construction accident, and he just put it on a necklace and wore it around, and it was fucking gnarly. Gross. <laughs> yeah. So can you imagine me being like, "This is my foot hat." <laughs> my foot hat. Uh, followed when up by foot it. tacos. <laughs> Come over to my house and see all my foot things. Yeah. When you said foot hat, it just makes you think of a tiny hat that goes on your foot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be no, more normal than what I'm talking about. It's a hat. A foot hat. Uh, <laughs> my poor foot. I hope I, don't, I hope I don't lose my foot out of irony now. Well, I've already thought that several times. Because <laughs> mm. not only... It's going to be me. It won't be me. podcast. I hope not. Oh, I was thinking about you guys the other day, and it was Ooh. it was because uh, I drove past a uh, a porch goose, <laughs> and and I was wondering how you, how your porch goose is, and if it has a name yet. We haven't had a name for it yet. Oh my god! Decided yet, Haley? I think it's Ryan Gooseling. <laughs> oh, 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 I think it has to be now because oh, I'm in love goodness. with that. The porch goose did get a new outfit for Haley's birthday. Oh, yeah? What was it? A scarecrow. We haven't tried it on. <laughs> the, beagle, the beagle tried to eat it immediately. <laughs> Is it because it's made out of hay? It's straw. Well, what's the difference between hot hay and straw? Straw is... <sighs> hay is alfalfa, so it's like seeds. There are little seeds and things like that. Well, some hay is alfalfa, but hay is—I don't know—it's hard to explain. Straw is hollow, not nearly as delicious, and it doesn't taste good. So, are you telling me every time that someone's like, "Hey, you want to go on a hay ride?" They're actually saying a straw ride? Usually, yeah. Yeah, oh. straw, and it's—it's it's lighter. Oh, you just gave me such a snooty thing to complain about. Next time I go to like a <laughs> hay maze, and I'm like, "It's a straw maze, bitch." <laughs> And generally, if you unless you have real shitty hay, hay is greener and straw is yellow. But it's so much fun to go, oh, hey. Well, they eat hay. Yeah. I mean, hay is for horses because they eat it. Okay. They don't eat straw, though. Like, the farm that I worked at <laughs> in high school, they used straw as bedding. Who eats straw, then? Does anybody eat straw? No, I don't think so. The fucking whole point of straw is just to be bedding? It, yeah, and hay rack rides. <laughs> Straw rack rides? Yeah. I don't know. There's probably some other uses for it. Yeah, but... like selling to rich people at Home Depot when they want to put something on their porch during Halloween. 
that holds yep. their pumpkins. Yep, the pumpkins. <laughs> the pumpkins. The chumpkins. <laughs> and generally, like if you ever pick up a hay bale next to a straw bale, yeah. most of the time you can pick up, unless you're super strong and you do it a lot, you can pick up a straw bale with one hand, but you'd have to use two hands for hay because it's a lot heavier. It's very, very way more dense. Interesting, because it's not a hollow plant. It's just yep. filler. Interesting. Yep. You know what I learned about... Uh, this is kind of just jumping off topic here. Have you ever uh, heard about how they tested a bunch of Amish children because they have <laughs> high, uh, lower susceptibility to uh, sickness? They actually like statistically get sick less than non-Amish kids. I've heard that before, but I didn't know that they tested them. Do you know what they they tied it back to? Straw. germicidal <laughs> soap. Uh, it was because wow. the kids, when they weren't actually working or doing stuff around the places, they tended to play in the barns. And in the barns, they were getting introduced to tons of microbes. And they actually, like, tested hay, well, I guess straw, in the, uh, in the tops of these things. And they found all these microbes from tons of different animals, but also just bacteria, molds, and things like that. And these mm-hmm. kids from a very early age, because of the way the Amish people are and they bring their kids around and they're part of everything, yeah, they are exposed to way more bacteria, mold, and stuff like that at a very earlier age, respiratory-wise. And they end up having way higher antibody levels. It's crazy. <laughs> so... You know, I, I'm surprised there aren't like moms, soccer moms, lining up to like throw their kid in a barn at an Amish field. <laughs> but no, there's like actual tests about this. Like they did a whole statistical report from some doctor that wrote a journal about it. It was really interesting. I wish I knew more about it. I need to read more about it. It is interesting. Probably wouldn't help me. I'd probably just go breathe it in and get super sick and die or something. <laughs> Because you're not young enough for it to make a difference. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's the thing that sucks about being an adult, is by the time you're an adult and actually can form a real thought that isn't stupid, you, like, have already gone past the point where you can learn much anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, kids are the m- most developmentally rich when they barely even know a word, you know? <laughs> it's just crazy to think about. It's like, oh, now I realize I wish I wouldn't have been stupid at Spanish. i remember when i I tried really hard to learn japanese because that was like the manufacturing place when i was in high school and then by the time i got out of college it was like oh now you need to learn mandarin it's like that's not even close (laughs) they hate each other fuck how did we miss how did we miss this because Japan was like, yeah, we don't want to make toothbrushes anymore. We want to make sweet-ass TVs and cars, bitch. <laughs> and then China's like, we'll make toothbrushes. <laughs> China will make anything. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So what always cracks me up is when people are like, the Chinese piece of shit. It's like, dude, everything in your house is from China. <laughs> and even if you don't think it is, everything in your car is from China. It's just globally sourced. There might be like a piece of stamped steel here or a battery that was made in Canada there or, you know, there's like so many components, but it's just like, yeah, most of that was probably made in China. 
and most of the things that you're sitting in your car and using your cell phone and watching your TV all night long, that's just all China. (laughs) (laughs) I remember uh, reading an article from a really famous designer, actually. And uh, he he was talking about how China has changed as far as manufacturing. And he was talking about when he first started out, like, you know, 20, 30 years ago, and he went over to China, he would see all these people trying to knock off his products, and they'd just be total junk pieces of shit. And they'd just go in and, you know, try and convince them to stop. But he said, now it's fucked up. And he said, more directly, I went into one of them recently and saw products that were made better than the way that I make them. Wow. And he was like, not only pissed, but impressed that they were able to put out a better knockoff version <laughs> of his shit than he could get at his own manufacturers. <laughs> and I think that's a testament right there to like how far they've advanced yeah. in the last, you know, decade or so. Yeah. It's crazy. That is crazy. I, I don't have to go this time. My my team's going here in March, and uh, their their trip sounds horrible. They're going there for like two days, maybe on the ground. So that you f- you're flying over there for fucking seventeen to eighteen hours, and then your body just fucking hates you, and then you're there for two days, and you get back on a fucking flight. <laughs> why Why are they going for such a short time? I have no idea. It's really stupid. It's really stupid. <laughs> but I'm not part of it, so I don't care. <laughs> I don't have I don't have to do it. So, <sighs> not that I don't think China's cool. I th- I actually do think China's pretty cool. But god damn it, man! If you're gonna be on a fucking flight for 18 hours, you gotta give it give me at least a few days before you put me back in that yeah, tin box. Let me be a person again. I I don't get weird on the on <laughs> on pretty much any flights. I've I've flown enough by now. But I do get weirded out about midway, you know, when you hit that, like, 10-hour mark. And yeah. you're like, and your, your body's just like, dude, I need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and then you're like, all right, maybe it's not that much longer. And you look at your clock, and it's like, seven more hours? Come the fuck on, dude. <laughs> I've, I've watched every movie I wanted to watch. I've listened to all my shitty songs. I don't want to read any more books. God, this person keeps running into me. It smells like shit. <laughs> all right princess dude you go sit on one of those fucking marathons and come out the other end and tell me how fucking princess i am <laughs> it's not like i mean i'm not fancy dude they don't give us business class we we fly coach on that shit so yeah kill me now the worst thing to me is the leg room Exactly. Yes, you're a tall person like I am. Yeah. And uh, my bosses one time, in their infinite wisdom, they were like, oh, well, we'll put him right by the exit row. That'll be really nice. And they put me and my coworker Terry next to each other so that we could, like, you know, not have to worry about some weirdo bumping into us. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting there in an exit road. It's wonderful, except for then I realized it's right next to the bathroom. <laughs> so the entire fucking time I have my legs stretched out, there's people knocking into him trying to get in line to go take a dump in front of me. <laughs> it was fucking horrible. Like I've never like I, at that point, I'd rather be stuffed in a corner, like against the you know window, so that you know I'll just hold it. I don't give a shit. I'll hold it the entire seventeen hours if I have to, just so that I don't have to deal with people bumping into me. 
wow, you're that serious about people bumping into you? Well, I had a really bad one. I, well, I've had a few bad ones. I had one where some dude just ran. He must have had like literal like medical irritable bowel problems or something. Because I was sitting on the aisle. I almost always pick the aisle just for the leg room, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy literally just like I had. This was when I was working in California. So I had my like laptop out <laughs> and I had a drink sitting next to my laptop and I had the thing down and so I'm working, right? Mm-hmm. Dude doesn't even say anything. He just gets up and starts pushing through me. Like doesn't oh, doesn't doesn't go like, hey buddy, uh in like a minute can I like get past you to go to the bathroom? Nothing. Just starts shoving his body past me with all this shit in my lap. And oh. when he did that, my drink spilled on my laptop and into my crotch. And this was a three and a half hour flight and I was sitting in ice water the whole time. <laughs> oh no. So there was that one. And then on the uh on one of my recent China flights, I don't remember which one it was. There's been a lot of them. Uh I was again sitting in the aisle thinking, all right, this will be fine. I'll, I'll you know, whatever. I don't have to worry about anybody. I didn't have anybody weird in my row, but it turned out the people behind me were the worst. And the person that was directly behind me was basically, must have been the grandmother to some child that just kept running back screaming. Oh my like, God. And she was the consoler, right? But uh, when the kid was sitting on her lap, he'd just be kicking my seat as if it was like a fucking commercial. I mean, it was like comically <laughs> bad how much he was kicking my seat. And eventually, I, I just realized, like, at one point I finally fell asleep. And I woke up to literally being hit in the face. Oh, my God. And it was because the woman behind me was trying to get up. And she didn't get up by, like, grabbing onto anything normal. She got up by reaching around the seat in front of her to my face. (laughs) And used that as leverage. Like, I literally woke up almost like I was being fucking attacked. And then I realized it was an old Chinese woman. Like, luckily, I didn't do something ridiculous and like throw an elbow. But like, <laughs> I wish you would have, but like, I, I thought that was super fucked up. That, and she didn't like say anything. She just, just used my face as leverage to get up. And then <laughs> this happened, like not directly on my face. That only happened once, but the, it, she kept like, every time she wanted to get up, she would slap my top of my head by putting a hand over the top of the seat to get up. And it just kept happening. And I was just, you know, at that point, you just want to fucking sleep. Because, I mean, the flight is 17 hours, but you've been up for hours before that. The flight's 17 hours. Now you got to cross the border. Now you got to drive three hours to your hotel. So it's like a 24-hour stint of being awake. Yeah. So you're just annoyed as shit. And you can imagine how happy I was that I kept getting slapped in the fucking face every time (laughs) she needed to go take a piss. I know that sucks a lot, but that's a really funny thing to think about. <laughs> what? Me getting slapped in the face by a yeah. little old lady? Yes. I, Every it, time you fall asleep, you just get slapped in the face. Did you ever watch Mad TV? I've seen clips of it. I've never actually watched the show. I, I kept thinking of her as Miss Swan. <laughs> Who? Miss Swan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because Miss Swan was just like always fucking with people on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Swan was savage before savage was a thing. 
Is that the one, the person that goes to that gay club or something like that? What? Yeah, there's a clip where... The one in the gay club with a dancing queen? Yeah, they, yeah, that's right. You should look that one up, Chris. It's pretty funny. That's an episode or that's just that actress and something else? It's a skit. Huh. You know that that's the, uh, she's the voice of, uh, what's her name on Family Guy? Peter's wife. Lois. Yeah. I think I did know that. I didn't know, well... I didn't. Oh, I don't. Peter. <laughs> I don't think I knew that it was the same person. But like thinking about it, they in my mind the two people that play the one's Miss Swan and one is Lois look exactly the same. So it makes sense that it's I the same person. Yeah. Miss Swan looks like. I just she looks like Miss Swan. <laughs> I, <guess laughs> I think that's just kind of what her hair is. <laughs> With slightly less squinty eyes. Yes. Yeah. And not a like pursed up makeup lips. Yeah. <laughs> And she's, like, really from, like, Jersey or something. She's, like, really fucking funny, though. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of, um... Who's that? What's that lady's name that played Lily Von Stuck? Oh, my God. Um... On Clue? Con? <laughs> Is that Madeline Kahn? I'll do this. Who's the person you're talking about? I'll do the Googlings. I think it's Madeline This lady? Mm-hmm. She was in Young Frankenstein. Yeah, she's in a lot of Mel Brooks. Oh. She's in Clue, too. She's Miss uh... Scarlet. Yeah, she. Dude, it's perfect circular discussion. Roll, roll, roll and see, hey. But that was straw. We're talking about Young Frankenstein. Oh, yeah, it was straw. I love one of my favorite gags about that whole fucking movie, and and trust me, I think Mel Brooks is a fucking genius for all kinds of reasons. But mm. the the easiest gags are sometimes the funniest, and I honestly just the fact that Igor's hump moves from side to side, yeah. fucking I I can't stop fucking laughing about that shit. <laughs> Do you know the guy that plays Frankenstein is the uh, dad, and everybody loves Raymond. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy, he's dead, right? Uh, I think he did pass away, like, a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I think I did know that. Or, uh, again, one of those things where like, I never put it together, but, yeah, I knew, knew that that's who it was. I mean, obviously, he was really young when he did Young Frankenstein, but... Yeah. And he doesn't really look like him that much, but... He doesn't have that many talking words. He just says, putting on the Ritz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, she was also in A Bug's Life, if you've ever seen that. Well, her voice was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you about that I went and saw the Lego Lego movie too? <laughs> no. Why is that funny? I don't know. You know I love animated movies. I know I do too, but it's just, I don't know. Well, here's why I bring it up. I was really bummed because it's been five years since the last one came out. And so presumably you'd think that they would go like way bigger. Dude, I swear to God. There are parts in that movie that I don't even think that they actually brought the actors in. I think they just cut their words together. <laughs> really? Like Will Ferrell, his voice is in the movie. He is not in any scenes. They always have him like off camera, like shouting things. So they just obviously had <laughs> him like come in for one afternoon and like say a couple hilarious one liners and then they just threw him in. And then Charlie Day. 
he only says like rocket ship and other stuff that he's said in the other movies. I swear to God, they just took his the same words from the first one and just plopped it back in on new animation. Well, that seems shitty. I, a lot of people liked it. I was just like, what? Like you had five fucking years and you're a huge fucking, you know, powerhouse, and you have a like stacked crew of people all from the first one, and you fucked that up. Well, I bet a lot of people probably didn't pay that much attention to it like you did. No, a lot of people are fucking children that just want to go buy the new spaceship that they showed in it, you know? Yeah, I mean, why not? I would. But, you know, (laughs) these movies are not made by children. They're made by adults, technically, kind of for adults. And so it kind of pisses me off when it's like, dude, you know, you're not an idiot. You could have written this a little bit better. (laughs) Uh, it was still cool. It was visually spectacular. It was just bummed me out because of little stuff like that. But then, you know me, I, I like nitpick the fuck out of everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you like musicals? Um, so, you know me. It's like hit or miss, right? So, like, I fucking love Little Shop of Horrors. That is, like, <laughs> my shit, bro. You know... <laughs> I still feel like it holds up too, even though it's this big stupid puppet. I love it. It looks so cool. Did you know that that's the only movie and the only on-screen uh, time that Bill Murray and uh, Steve Martin were together? And it was only for a short-ass sequence that was just like a little bit. Really. Yeah, he uh, Bill Murray played the guy that really wanted pain from the dentist. And so, like, Steve Martin loved to give people pain. And, like, Bill Murray comes in and he just wants pain, like, really bad. And so, like, it's driving Steve Martin nuts because he can't give this guy, like, he can't make this guy hurt. He likes it too much. So... I'm, I'm ashamed to say this, but, you know, I'm super into musicals. That's not the part I'm ashamed of. Okay. I'm super into musicals and Broadway and stuff like that, but I've never seen Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, my in God. Any, in any way. Like, I've never seen it on stage, never seen the movie, nothing. So, there's there's an original one. The one that I'm talking about is the Rick Moranis one that was remade in yeah. the 80s. I think yeah, it yeah. was the 80s. It might have been late 70s. I can't really remember. Um. But uh, that's the one I, like, hold super true in my heart. And it, it's all my mom. My mom was the one that loved musicals. So, like, she was the one that made me, like, watch White Christmas every year. Which, by the <laughs> way, I fucking love that movie, too. Uh, just because, you know, it's just a powerhouse of fucking singers. Just truly. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I used to have a soft spot for some of the old Elvis uh, movies where he sang in a lot of them, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then let's see. I actually liked Sweeney Todd. Thought that was pretty fucking sweet. Oh yeah, I like that one too. That movie is visually dark, though. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, like, and I mean, it's I mean, super like, dark subject matter. Well, that's what I mean, though. Like, that's the only thing. Like, I know that it's supposed to be like that, but it's like I feel like they could have done a lot with visual effects. Yeah. And I know they did, but like, it was just like it was almost too dark. Tim Burton you know, is a I, fucking psychopath, though. So yeah, I did like that movie a lot, though. Sasha Baron Cohen is probably one of the best parts in the movie. I mean, like when he—I f- didn't know he was going to be in that movie, and so when yeah. they f- when he first comes out, and you're just like shocked by the fact that it's Sasha Baron Cohen. Like, <laughs> I just love that shit so much. Uh, 
interestingly, I hated Into the Woods, and here's why. I, I don't know how this happened. I went into Into the Woods thinking it was just a normal movie. Oh, really? And so when people started singing, I was, like, really, like, kind of taken aback. Like, what's going on here? Why is this person singing? And then more people kept singing, and then there's dance numbers, and I was like, oh, wait, I'm in a fucking musical. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Uh, but... So I, I saw Trevor actually one time made me watch um, Into the Woods, but it was, like, the Broadway stage version. Mm. And I just did not get into it. Like I've I've listened to some of because I listen to Broadway Pandora stations kind of a lot, uh-huh. and it, the music comes on there, or at least the the intro does, which is like fourteen minutes long, and I like that pretty well. Like, but I just I never got into the 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 show. Like he made me watch the show, and I I never heard of it, and I was just not into it. I do want to. I actually been thinking about that though. I would like to watch that movie and see. If I like it any better, it's I, I. What I've found is it's totally hit or miss with me. Like there's some that I like immediately get hooked into it and love it. Like Hello Dolly. I don't know why, but I can always get into Hello Dolly. But like I can't get into other ones, and I don't know why. Like I'll just get stuck and go, nah, I'm not getting it. <laughs> yeah. So I we saw. Um, have you ever heard of Kinky Boots? Fuck yeah! Have you seen it? The movie? Yeah. Well, it's a. I don't know. I, didn't, I don't know if I knew it was a movie. Okay, so I'm gonna blow Is it your movie mind. And it was originally a movie about a real thing that happened about a company, a, a shoe company in England that was going out of business, yeah, yeah. and they happened to find a niche because they hired a transvestite that wanted to work on men or for men shoes. Yeah. And it's totally saved their business. And there's a really great movie. You should see it. It's fantastic because it actually really goes into, like, design process and stuff. Even though the movie yeah. itself is just funny and dark in some spots, but really funny and good and well done. But, uh, you know, as far as, like, like, they don't just bullshit the actual design process and stuff. They actually, like, have lots of scenes of all the characters collaborating on how to make these things for men and stuff. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. It was a bunch of stuff I had never even thought about, like how, like when this person approached them, they're like, nobody makes these. I have to basically the, the transvestite's like, I, I have to custom have these custom made because nobody will put steel straps in heels yeah. for men. And you have to have steel straps for men because there's just so much weight. It'll break heels. Yeah. And I had just like never thought about that. And I was like, oh, that's really fucking interesting. Yeah. So I didn't know it was a true story, but we went and saw it a couple of years ago because for Christmas, my mom had gotten me a gift certificate to the Civic Center to see a show. And mm-hmm. the Broadway lineup that year just kind of blow, blew. Like, it was awful. Oh, that's too bad. And blowed, yeah. And so Kinky Boots was the last one <coughs> excuse me, of that year, so it was the last one we could go to. And, I mean, there weren't any good concerts. I mean, like, the year that year just sucked. Everything just sucked. <laughs> and so... um so we went and saw it. I mean, I feel like there were like 75 people there. Like it was not crowded at all. And it was probably one of the best shows I've ever seen. It was so funny and it was colorful. And like, and like you said, there were dark moments and stuff like that, you know, but like, oh my gosh, it was great. The the, the singers are great. The songs are great. It was awesome. Oh, oh yeah. Gosh, was- <laughs> if you like that, you should really check out the movie because you'll fucking love it. Okay. Um, it's I didn't know. It's just a great story, and then knowing it's true is even fucking cooler. And yeah. like how, how the business owner just took a wild chance and was like, "No, I one hundred percent support this person." Like literally, 
didn't try and hide her at all was like no she's our designer and you need to all yeah. fucking shut the fuck up and respect the shit out of her because she's gonna save our fucking business yeah it was really cool i really liked it um interesting i mean we get a lot of stuff here there was a an opera that i really wanted to see last year that was done by this company in germany but i only heard about it literally the fucking last night they were here oh i was really bummed about that one um but there was the only one that I've wanted to see really bad here is the Book of Mormon. And they've been here two years in a row. And both times I can't afford the tickets. It's just fucking crazy uh-huh. how everybody wants to go see that still. So, and I mean, that's been out for a long time. Yeah. So we saw that a couple years ago, too, because um, the last, I think, two, maybe three or two years, uh, we've been getting season tickets to the Broadway shows and um, at the Civic Center. And we, when we saw it, I mean, there were tons of people. I mean, it was, yeah, it was packed. And, but there were like these frat boy dudes that were sitting behind us that were just loud and obnoxious and like dropping bottles. And, you know, like, and it was just, it was so distracting. We, like, neither one of us had a good time. Like, I'm sure the show was awesome, but like, we just didn't enjoy our experience. Yeah. Kind of go for us. Yeah. I think that's what people miss about Trey, uh, uh, Trey Parker. And Matt Stone, yeah. right? Matt Stone uh, is definitely part of it, but Trey does a whole lot of the writing, and he's yeah. the one that truly loves musicals. In fact, the first movie that they ever made was a musical about a zombie, a cannibal. Really? Yeah, it's it's really shitty, but it's really kind of funny if you want to ever watch it. Which one's the blonde one? The blonde one. Between Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Oh, Matt Stone is the one with glasses and long, dark hair, curly hair. hair. Yep. And uh, Trey Parker is the one that has his hair changes all the time. I think it's almost turning gray now, basically. (laughs) But, uh, by the way, the only reason I know what either one of those two people looks like is from the movie Basketball, which is a fucking great movie. Yeah, it is. The the how the amount of puns that they come up with for like. You know, like when they're like, oh, you're going to lay some carpet in my lobby? Yeah. (laughs) And she's like literally stretching carpet. (laughs) Yeah. Buff my floors or something like that. He's like, suck the chrome off this trailer hitch. And she literally does. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, but like uh, Trey has a huge love for musicals. And like he loved the writing that had to go into it. And he always mm-hmm. thought that they were like the pinnacle of a challenge. And so he always wanted to do one. And so I was like really pumped when I heard that they were going to do one together. Because they literally have some of the biggest guys in Hollywood backing them up. I mean, in Broadway and yeah. Hollywood saying like, look, we'll give you help and all that stuff. So they have access to anything they would ever want. Yeah. And even in Team America, they had tons of musical sequences. I forgot that they did that. And uh, and so that shit's just fucking great. But like what you're talking about with all the drunk frat dudes is like they just heard all that they heard was Trey Parker. And yeah. and then that's they're like, oh, it's not Park. Yeah, ah, Park yeah. Parks and stuff. And it's like I feel bad for him almost because it's like I'll give you an example. Uh, the lead singer of the band Tool, his name is Maynard. And uh, he... <laughs> later in his life decided he just wanted to like own a winery in Arizona. So he just did that. 
but initially when he first came out with the wines he'd be at like wine tasting events where people could come and get like you know taste the wine meet him that kind of stuff he got legitimately pissed that people would show up with like tool shirts on and want and like tool albums and want that shit signed because he like wanted them to be separate yeah. Now, fast forward to the last time Liz and I saw him, he was fucking doing like wine sales at the music <laughs> venue and shit. It's like, all right, <laughs> he, yeah. you don't give a shit anymore because you know it actually pays for that fucking way overpriced wine. Yeah. But th- that's kind of what it reminds me of. It's like the artist wants to keep things separated, but I can imagine how annoying that would be for Trey to like have just a bunch of fucking douchebag bros at all of his yeah. really hardly. I mean, he worked really fucking hard on him. If I remember right, I read an article where it almost broke up uh, Matt and Trey from wanting to work together for a little bit because of how stressful that Broadway was for them. Yeah, that's that's nuts. I mean, just look at what they do with South Park. They've been doing that for twenty over 20 years, and they still have a schedule where they put out a show in five days. Man, that's nuts. From concept to full animation to writing it and voicing everything to dropping it off to, to, to air in five days. They actually did a documentary about it's like five days to air, I think is what it's called. And uh, it's just like them dealing with how they do South Park episodes. Wow. And it'll be like the fourth day and Trey is rewriting shit feverishly. The animators are like flying around the halls, like trying to figure out how they're going to reanimate shit. And still get yeah. it on Comedy Central's desk in like six hours. I mean, it's fucking insane. And they've been doing that for 20 fucking years. And then on top of that, he's making movies and musicals and shit. Yeah, that's crazy. Fuck yeah. Impressive. Everybody else is like, oh, I had a hard day. It's like, did you write a fucking musical? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I hope, I hope they go forever, but man, I don't know how they're going to keep going. Yeah, that's nuts. My mom and I just went and saw um, Finding Neverland was at the Civic Center. Oh, interesting. Uh, have you ever seen that? Mm-mm. Or I think it's a book, too, or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. But it's, it's a movie that um, Johnny Depp and Kate Winslet are in. Right. And it's not a mu- the movie is not a musical. Right. Um, but I didn't have any idea what it was about. Like, I wasn't really super excited to go see it, but it was, you know, like I said, we do the season tickets, so you get like four shows or whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, and it was it was really really good. I was very impressed. It was really interesting. It was about kind of how the guy who wrote Peter Pan came up with the con- with the story for it, right? Because he was like he was this playwright for this local theater and had had a lot of success, but he was kind of getting kind of stale and like he didn't like what he was doing, so he was trying to write a new play in um out in the park you know kensington park or whatever Uh and these three boys that were pretending to be pirates ran up and were like kind of climbing all over him and then their mom came you know and like called and and he just met this family and her husband had died you know so it's just her and and she actually had four boys but one of them was like kind of didn't want to be a kid anymore you know and he was like too you know too mature like he grew up a lot when his dad died and just was like no i don't want to you know i don't want to play those stupid games anymore right but it's just kind of like it opened up you know the guy's imagination and opened the kid's imagina- imagination back up and he like wrote this whole story and nobody thought it would work because he was putting kids on stage you know and all that stuff and 
And it was in the song. I mean, the songs were cool. The story was cool. It was awesome. I really liked it. Good night, Chris. Oh, hey, good night. Chris getting the bath. <laughs> I hope you feel better. Thank you, Chris. Of Sorry, course. Bath time. <laughs> no, I get it. Um, no, Robot, have you ever heard of... Uh, oh, what was that fucking movie? It's the same type of idea that you're talking about, but it's about Charles Dickens and when he was writing A Christmas Carol. No. There's a movie out there, and I'm trying to remember what it's called, but it's basically, it's about how he wrote that story. And he was pretty, he was like kind of up and coming. He wasn't like super famous, but he was kind of up and coming, but he couldn't quite afford everything he wanted kind of thing. And so his family was a little bit struggling. He was trying to come up with a new story. And uh, he was having a lot of trouble balancing his work life and his home life. And that's where a lot of that storyline came from. Of like a a person that only cares about his work and not about his family. And that's where Ebenezer Scrooge kind of came from. Yeah. But what's really cool about the way the movie shot is there's several scenes where he's like, in the room talking with characters of the story and so like <laughs> he's conversing with Ebenezer Scrooge about his character and shit it's just really well done because I love 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 that story yeah uh, I think it's just, honestly just one of the best stories out there uh, especially about ghosts and stuff it's just so cool and crazy yeah and I like how yeah. each ghost had its own character it wasn't just like oh it's spooky yeah. Each one had a different reason. And uh, no, I fucking love that shit. What the fuck was that movie? Oh, it's going to piss me off. <laughs> you want me to Google it? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to Google it? it, but I don't know if I'm going to find it here. Uh, the Man Who Invented Christmas? Yes. Yes. Uh, because actually, interestingly, they actually go through it in uh, in that storyline. They talk about things that like you don't remember about that time period. Like uh, he's in England, right? He's a British writer, and yeah. uh, at the time that he was writing the story, a lot of the Christmas ideas hadn't really kind of come to much of Europe unless they were German. And so, like, there's a scene where it's almost Christmas time, and his wife chooses to put up a tree, and he's like, oh, you're doing that thing that all the Germans do. And, like, (laughs) basically, nobody around there had Christmas trees, nobody had the concept of Christmas trees, and he was kind of being, like, fancy by having a Christmas tree when nobody else did that. I thought it was kind of crazy. Hey, fun story. Uh, The guy that played um, Charles Dickens played the beast in the live action beauty and the beast i didn't see it really i couldn't get into the idea of it it it, honestly it to me and you're you're gonna tell me it was amazing or something and that's fine but in my mind it was like how can you step on something that was so perfect in the original animation yeah so i actually i was torn about it because i fucking love emma watson i love her so much right but, like, I was not overly impressed with it. I mean... It's it too was, much to live up to, man. Yeah, and, like, I mean, they did a, a pretty good job, I guess. But, like, 
I don't know. I just, I couldn't really get into it either. Like I saw it cause I, I felt like I needed to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, um, I, it's my duty to do this. Yeah, exactly. But like, I just, I, I wasn't, I never really got into it. Either. Like I didn't feel like she had a powerful enough voice to play bell. Uh, you could tell there was some auto tune uh, and some editing and, and stuff like that. And it just, I, it just wasn't overly impressive, but, um, but like all the live action movies that they're doing now, like I'm so nervous about them. <laughs> like which ones? <laughs> well, they're doing Aladdin. Oh, that and... looks like fucking trash. I, know. I can't handle it. Like every time I see a visual of it, I'm like, nope, Mm-mm. nope, not, not, nope. That's not how it is. <laughs> I know. And I saw the trailer <clears throat> for it and I like, it just kind of hurt my feelings a little bit because Will Smith is the genie. Yeah. And he's just Will Smith as the genie. They just literally painted him blue. Yeah. They, 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 they like, didn't even fucking try. They, yeah. like, put a bodysuit on him that makes him even more jacked. And yeah. then they just made him blue. Yeah. But then it's also, like, his personality. You know what I mean? Like, it's not the genie. It's Will Smith. Well, you know, I, I like the actress that they picked to have, be Jasmine. But everybody's hating on Jasmine because she doesn't look like Jasmine. Because they're not, like, doing her up like the actual movie. And she, like, had iconic hair and, like, an iconic attitude and stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm probably still going to see it because you know it's going to be, like, the shit as far as visuals. Oh, yeah. And I can, like, I remember being visually blown away with the original Aladdin. So, like, I can't even imagine what some of the scenes, like, you know, towards the end with, like, the sand and the dragon and shit. That would be fucking nuts. So, even, oh, like, serpent! He was a snake at the end. Yeah, yeah, I know. As I was, as you were talking, as even as I was about to say my next thing, I was trying to remember the dragon scene. <laughs> no, it was a snake. <laughs> um, but yeah, in, in like the Lion King, like you can't even call that live action. That's just animated. Like that's just. And also, but, um, I want to. I want to say, who the fuck is? Uh, what was the? What was the bird? It wasn't Jafar. Jafar was the bad guy. In Aladdin. Yeah. Um, if it's not Gilbert Godfrey, they need to fucking fuck off. Oh, who played the bird in the live action version? You mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know. He might not have a voice. What's his name? Well, it was Gilbert Godfrey. Iago. Diago. Okay. I- Iago. Who oh, Iago. Him? Iago. Twenty nineteen. Oh, and you can't hate on the uh, on the new. Um... Or the Lion King, dude, that's done by. I mean, it's gonna be legit. It's fucking. Uh, what's his name? Shit. He did the Jungle Book. He did the revamp of the Jungle Book. Oh, uh, the director, you mean? Yeah, and he's actually. Uh, he's in the some of the Iron Man movies, but he also is the director of a bunch of the Iron John, Man movies. John Favreau. Favreau, yes, he's fucking fantastic, dude. It'll be well, great. It'll be great. No. I, I wasn't gonna I wasn't actually trying to hate on it. I was I'm actually kind of excited for it, but I did I, I number one think it's stupid that they're calling it live action because you can't they don't have real lions. But um, right, right. that was that was really my biggest complaint. Um uh, but my cousin actually there was um <laughs> there was a side by side of the trailers. Uh-huh. You know, for the original and for the new one and she and then I think she posted both. I can't remember, but she posted the trailer for the new one and was like, here's a new trailer. I have so many like problems with it already. Blah, blah, blah. 
I'm just like, what? what's the difference? And so she, like, I didn't say anything because, you know, I don't do a whole lot of Facebook. Like, right. I'll read everything I see, but I'm, I usually don't comment on things or anything like that or get into stuff. But yeah. Um, but somebody was like, well, what are you talking about? And, and obviously I read the comments. I wanted to know what she was complaining about. And she said, well, for one thing, what did she say? Something like um, the, the stuff that he spreads across Simba's forehead comes from the coconuts on his staff, not from herbs like it does in this trailer. <laughs> oh, come on. Right? That's such petty shit. And not only that, but if you actually look at the old trailer, it doesn't come from the coconuts on his staff. He just has a coconut. Like it doesn't, he doesn't take it off. Yeah, correct. And I so badly wanted to say that and just get into it with her, but like, I'm not about that. Cause like, I'll read it and then I'll read her response and then I'll be like, eh, it's not worth it. And just stop answering. (laughs) I mean, I hate to be this dick, but do they even have fucking coconuts over there? (laughs) I mean, like. Well, yeah. And like, I don't know what that was. It had to been some kind of like fruit or something because it was red (laughs) i I do i totally hate it when people nitpick on stuff that is totally outrageously could never happen in the first place it's like i don't like that they didn't use the correct coconut it's like bitch it's talking animals yep yep (laughs) i agree it's like and i actually appreciate when when a director takes liberties to make a movie their own it's one thing if you change key parts of the plot and that's kind of what my problem was with the shining there's like things that he literally just outright changed and it kind of pisses me off yeah but then there's other parts that i think he totally made it better i think there's actually parts that kubrick was like Ugh, i can't really make that look scary like how do i make a water hose look scary yeah <laughs> so yeah. He, he found ways to make other things terrifying so i get that because there's you have to carry an audience for two hours and you have to make a, a you have to tie up a story in a neat little bow mm-hmm. and king had a fucking book the size of a goddamn brick to explain it so yeah. kubrick had to make a lot of decisions but it only really gets to me when they change key parts of the story. And like, have you read all of Ready Player One yet? Yeah. So, have you seen the movie? No. Oh, okay. There's going to be you parts. Can ruin things for me if you want. It doesn't matter. No, I don't want to ruin it for you. I think you should watch it because, and and now I'll preface this with the fact that the guy that wrote the book also helped write the screenplay. So okay. he came in and said, like, I'm going to make this different because I want to have something that surprises the readers of the book. Okay. So he wanted to have things change. And and so all the people that get pissed about it, including me, honestly, should fuck off because <laughs> he straight up said, I'm going to change shit because I want you guys to be surprised. So what happens to certain characters, how the characters are developed, all that stuff kind of changes. Now, what I hate is... God damn it, like, just spend, you know, in a, in a day and age where they can make a fucking million Marvel movies and have them all tie together, can we just slow down and make a fucking movie that doesn't have to cram everything into one and a half hours? Yeah. Because it's like, that book is so good. And I'll give you, since you read the book, uh, one of my favorite chunks is when he convinces them that he has turned himself in. And like, but he turns himself in under a different name. Yeah. And he just embeds himself and he's there for weeks fucking with shit. 
and then how that all plays out in the end sequence of like why he did what he did and like left those breadcrumbs to for what he ended up doing to them is mm-hmm. so good. None of that's in the movie. They Aww. they completely wipe all that shit away and they basically just like come up with a totally different solution for how he broke that shield down. And it's Aww. just like it's like come on man like like you had such good ideas you could have at least alluded to that or split that into two movies and like had a big chunk about just his character. And then there's other stuff. It's like, I think when he wrote the book, he didn't know that this was going to be such a fucking hit. Yeah. And so the book is way more adult oriented. And when you go into the movie, it's definitely more like, hey, let's get as many kids to be able to watch this movie as possible. So let's not talk about all the weird shit about like how he (laughs) takes off all of his fucking hair constantly. And then he has sex with a fucking weird robot doll. Yeah. Let's not talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I, I still thought it was entertaining, but... But here's my biggest problem with all of it. In the book, every single key was a true challenge. And if you're a gamer, you even like related to the challenges that they brought up. Yeah. Or po- even if you just like pop culture, like the fact that like one of the challenges was he had to verbatim do uh, the Holy Grail. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> like I fucking loved that. Me too. And I knew that they couldn't get the rights to all that shit to make it in the movie. Yeah. But like in the fucking movie, all the challenges, you just sit there and go, yeah, no, no, they, if this was the real challenge, gamers would have figured it out in fucking 30 days, not waited 15 years to figure this shit out. Man, that sucks. And so like, (laughs) it's so stupid. The first challenge, it's a race in the movie. And it's just because it's more visually spectacular, even though I love how the first key is found in the book. It's so much cooler. Like a foot race? It's a car race. And so, oh. like, the in the game, everybody races these cars. And, and they all get to a finish line, but they don't know. Like, n- nobody can actually finish. Everybody dies at the end of the race every time. And it's been that way for, like, decades. And nobody knows how to, like, finish the race. And in the well, fucking... thing, I guess. Yeah, but except for in the fucking very... In the scene, the the main character, the way he figures out uh, how to win the race is he drives backwards. Well. Okay, are you telling me that no stupid ass arrogant gamers are going to just one time try driving backwards in 15 fucking years? Yeah, that's a long time for nobody to try that. Yeah, so it's just like this is the first key is just driving backwards? Fuck. And then there's another one that it's literally just dancing. All I had to do was dance. And you're just like, come the fuck on, man. In the fucking book, every challenge was something that was truly hard as fuck. Like, yeah. between the first key and the second key, there was months. Like, he, he tried for months to figure out what the fuck was going on. And, like, they, nobody could figure it out for months. And then all of a sudden, uh, the girl that he was into figured out the second key. Yeah. And it's just like, ah, there's no feeling of time uh like gaps in time everything's just so fast paced and it all seems like it happened in the span of like two days and i just loved the way that he drew out that whole storyline in the book 
But yeah. I, I love that Will Wheaton was reading it. Will Wheaton. Yeah. And like, honestly, I didn't know who Will Wheaton was. <gasps> well, hold on. First off, I'm not into Star Trek. Let's not even, crusher. Not even a little bit. I barely know who Captain Kirk is. And number two. Oh, you just made me die a little bit inside. Is Captain Kirk? <laughs> Captain Kirk was from the original, and then there was the Next Generation, which was Patrick Stewart, Star- Sir Patrick Stewart, and that's the one that Will Wheaton was on. Original over new- Next Generation, but Picard over Kirk. Uh, are you asking me which one I'd like better? Yeah. Like, who would win in a fight? Uh, who do you like better? Kirk would win in a drink in a drink off or a fight in a bar, but Picard would w- probably win in the end because he doesn't like let his emotions get into it as much. Kirk was known for like he would always abandon the rules if he could save somebody. Okay. And uh, and um. Patrick Stewart's character, he was more like pragmatic and like let's follow the rules, but let's still do the right thing all the time, and always seem to like be genius and figure shit out for the right. <laughs> Plus, you know, like both of them have cool backstories, but fuck, man, Patrick Stewart's character—I mean, he like got turned into a Borg and shit. Shit's nuts. Yeah. Okay. So. The only reason I said that is because I saw it on Big Bang Theory. <laughs> so your only way of understanding it is from the Big Bang Theory? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You know, I don't. I never liked the Big Bang Theory. I never really got into it. And I couldn't... I don't get into laugh track shows. I think they're, like, too cadenced. And, like, I don't like that I, they're, like, telling me when to laugh and stuff. Yeah. But I here's what I do appreciate about it. They actually took the time to know their math and their science. They oh, brought... Yeah. They brought in people that knew what the fuck was going on. They have a phys- a physicist, like a, like a professor yeah. university on staff that checks all the math that's like on the whiteboards in the background. Like everything is correct. Everything they talk about is correct. I know. And like Mayim Bialik, her character. Yeah. I mean, she's a, she's a neuroscientist in real life. And they switched her character's career so that she could check to make sure that everything that she talked about was right oh that's smart yeah i think that is incredible but anyway so i actually don't even watch that show i just see clips of it on youtube a lot yeah i've watched like you know they do like all the star trek references and big bang Theory seasons one through ten and it's just like clips of all the you know references so i don't ever see any of the down like not not punchline parts (laughs) Mm -hmm. i've never actually seen a full episode of it but um, but I I think they're I just think they're fucking hilarious, and I think it's genius that they have such a popular show about such nerdy people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I think it's I think it's good for nerds, to be honest. <laughs> like, well, that's know, what that's what I love about um, Ken Jong. Ken Jong, Ken, you know yeah. who I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, 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 I do. He's, he's in uh, the Hangover. Mr. Chow. Yeah. You know that he's a true doctor, right? He's a gynecologist, isn't he? Uh, I don't. Th- I don't. I thought. I thought he was just like a general practitioner physician. But his wife is also a doctor, so I don't really remember. But he he does like hilarious. Dude, I just fucking love the fact that he's a doctor. Yeah. Because like they have a they have a um this thing on GQ where they have him just like 
like answer people's bullshit Twitter questions about health. Yeah. And it's just fucking hilarious because he's a goddamn comedian and he's a doctor. <laughs> so like, you can just yeah. hammer on people and it's just great. Let's they see. actually, yeah. I saw, I saw an interview with him and they asked if his kids have seen, uh, the hangover and he's like honestly no and it's the one thing in my life i'm the most scared about (laughs) (laughs) so he uh, his wife is a family physician and a breast cancer survivor and he completed his internal medicine residency in new orleans licensed physician in california but no longer practices interesting but i know he is still currently up to date he doesn't have like a practice because right, he's right. so busy, but he is up to date. He is up, like he keeps his degree up to date, which means you have to read articles, take this these tests and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah. Anyway, so so that's the only reason. Like, there's. <laughs> Do you know anything about Big Bang Theory? Do you know any of the characters or anything like that? I mean, I know what I know from like popular culture. Okay, yeah. So Leonard and Sheldon are roommates, you know, and Sheldon's right. fucking crazy. Like he's neurotic and all that. Leonard's the guy from. Uh fucking roseanne right yeah also um national influence christmas vacation oh he was a rusty wasn't he yep wow yeah um did you ever catch the joke in uh vegas vacation where chevy chase goes russ audrey i hardly recognize you anymore and it's a joke about how they never use the same two characters (laughs) no i didn't notice that they like never use the same audrey and russ and so it's (laughs) <laughs> this is fucking great. <laughs> um, but anyway, so it's like it's a flashback scene that they that they show, and um, Sheldon has the apartment already, and he's interviewing Leonard. And before he even lets him in the door, he asks him. I think there's like two questions that he asks him, and one is like, "What's what's one of the noble gas? Or what's one of the five noble gases, or whatever?" And then um, another one is. Um, I can't remember how he words it, but like basically he asked Captain Kirk or Picard and he's like, Oh, that's a tough one. And then he said, um, new generation over original or whatever it is, but Picard over Kirk. <laughs> so that's why I said that to see what your opinion was. Oh, he was saying he liked the next generation better than the original, but he thinks that Kirk is better than Picard. Nope. Switch that. But yes, he likes uh, the original better than new generation. Or no, Whichever, yeah, he says original over new generation, but Picard over Kirk. Yeah, I, you know, I, here's the thing. I love the originals, and I think the movies are better than the TV series of the original. Um, there's a couple movies in there that are kind of stupid. You know, it's like, save the whales, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I truly do love everybody that was in the originals. My problem with the originals is they feel really dated from the sense that there's like kind of stuff that you just don't get away with anymore. Like here, uh, like, <laughs> like basically every alien is just a big titted bimbo. <laughs> it's, <laughs> like, it's just, it's just some beautiful woman that they spray painted her face silver. Yeah. And they cut her shirt in half and they somehow have a kissing scene. And it's just <laughs> like, it's like, okay, I get, what was going on in the sixties into the seventies, but it like what I liked about the next generation and then Voyager was that they like were very science driven. 
and that shit was always really cool and then they also like would have lots of moral discussions and you know discussions about things in society and i always thought that was really interesting yeah um and i just felt like the old star trek was entertaining but more just about stupid shit (laughs) well you know we got smarter as we got older yeah i mean that's true kind of well i don't know (laughs) (laughs) hard to say uh, there are, there's a movie that's out there where Kirk and, uh, and, uh, Patrick Stewart's character are, or Picard are in the same movie because there's a wormhole and they get pulled into the same timeline. And that fucking movie is great. Dang. I know that blew everybody's fucking mind. Like it's like all Star Trek people, just their boners exploded at one time. Just, that's. That's graphic. <laughs> now, the thing that I don't get and I can't get into is it like I can be a huge fan of something, but I'm, I don't think I've ever been like a crazed fan of anything. And yeah. I remember one time watching something that it was like a bunch of Star Wars fans and they were talking to this family that were like totally dolled up to look like Klingons. Yeah, it was it was a husband and wife and they're like little toddler that could barely talk. And then they had like another another kid that was like old enough to like walk on their own, but was still. They all looked dressed up like full makeup Klingon, and they're at like an expo or something. And the guy's talking to him, and they're like, "Well, what do your kids think?" And he doesn't even let the kids say anything. He just interrupts over and goes like, "We taught them Klingon before we taught them English," and it's like, <laughs> "Oh, oh, oh my goodness, <laughs> <Ooh>. whoops." <laughs> I mean, like, I would call That's myself, too far. I would call myself a super fan of Harry Potter, but I'm not that crazy in that. Like, we got wizard robes when we went to Hogwarts, but I'm not going to wear them out in public, <laughs> except for, like, Halloween. You know what I mean? Well, that wouldn't be a problem either. But the moment that you're, like, you are making decisions for your child that yeah. they can't even comprehend, and you're limiting their ability to educate yeah. because of that, like, that's just stupid. Yeah. Like, dude, at some point you do have to remind yourself that this is not a this is a fictitious language that was made up for a series. Yep. And like, yes, there is a whole vernacular and there's been enough people that have built this thing into something that you can actually talk in it and people can learn it and all that stuff. And it is technically a language now. But teach your fucking kid your first language first. Yeah. And then teach him that other shit. Like You're the just one, fucking with the kid. The one that everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, I mean shit. Or at least teach them, like, French. Teach yeah. them a language that's something they can use. <laughs> Nobody ever had put, has put Klingon on a fucking resume. And if they have, it went to the bottom of the pile. Yeah. Oh, did you, God. Um, did you watch Game of Thrones? No. I'm so far behind. Uh, here, here's how I, you know how far behind I am. You know what show I just started? What? Friends? <laughs> <laughs> The Sopranos. It's 20 years old now. So almost friends. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, well, yeah, kind of in a very dark way. I never actually watched The Sopranos. I never really, I was never really interested in it. I've heard it's awesome and I would like to watch it, but I just I never yeah. looked through it. Uh, do you like gangster movies? Eh, not my favorite. Then you're probably not going to get into it. I mean, like, there's so many, I mean, if you just like well-shot, well-written stories, you'll get into it, yeah. but like, it's obviously very mob related yeah. and they they tie in a lot of things that are true 
Um, they even have extras in there that are actual like old mob killers and shit. Oh, really? Uh, that's actually a trick that Scorsese used. Scorsese was when he was shooting movies like uh like Casino. There's a a scene in Casino where they're like hitting some guy, like killing a guy, and two of the guys in the background are straight up uh, mobsters that killed people in the G- the Giovanni or G Savani family. And, like, he literally brought them in to be, like, you know, is this true to kind of what was going on during that time period? But then he just started putting them in scenes because he thought that they just added more ambiance. And it's like, dude, those are fucking straight-up killers right those, there. Those are murderers. <laughs> like, they like, and they're not even hiding it, you know? Like, they're telling them about shit that they did. I mean, it's fucking crazy. That is nuts. But, no, I mean, it's it's really good so far. There's a bunch of references to outside like uh gangster movies that i just love and like this martin scorsese is even in a scene and because like uh like they write it into the movie like they're at a nightclub and the soprano kid is like trying to get into the nightclub but nobody's letting him in and like martin scorsese shows up and gets straight in (laughs) (laughs) but like the guy just starts losing it because they like love the godfather and so, like, like they make all these references to things. Like, one guy, like, says, like, Luca Brazzi sleeps with the fishies. And he's like, what do you fucking think? This is the Godfather? <laughs> just, there's just all these things that they throw in there. And I've only seen a few episodes. But, yeah. like, it, it, it's, it actually holds up pretty well, other than the fact that it's, like, early 2000. It started in 1999. Um, so you have that, like, tail end of the 90s. Uh, everybody's wearing, like, really stupid clothing. Yeah. Um, but talking about thing, we super cool in the nineties. The thing that fucked me up is that the trade World Trade Centers are there, oh. and you're just you're just like, oh shit, this is that old. Yeah. Like whoa, fuck. And yeah. I don't I, I don't even know how they're going to handle it in the series, but that's only two years away, right? So it's like okay, two two seasons into this show, what are they going to do about that? I wonder. So are they hmm. just redoing it? Is that what they're doing? What? What do you mean? Two? Oh, wait. What's two so, years away? Uh, what I mean is, like, the show started in 1999. So 2001 oh, is when the World Trade Centers happened. Yeah, yeah. But the series ran for, like, what, like a decade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and the series is based on New Jersey and New York. So there's no way they can just gloss over that. It's literally in the entry sequence of the TV series. They show the World Trade Centers. Dang. So I'm assuming they have to touch on that somehow. Because it's not a period piece. It's supposed to be current times, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Athena, quit licking. Athena. Hey. Athena. Yeah, that's what we call her. Athena. Uh, Knock it off. I can see you under that table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can. Well, I'm uh, I'm kind of bummed. We didn't get Brock on the road, and we didn't. I know get what puke- the hell. Brock? We didn't get Pukey David, and we didn't get Jess, who forgot that what time we do this every week. And nobody even <laughs> said anything that they weren't coming for sure. Just and you weren't even supposed to be here, and you showed up. Right. So you're welcome. <laughs> I know it's so funny. The only people that showed up are the sick people. Well, <laughs> David's sick. Well. <laughs> The, the newly sick people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to leave you to it. You sound like you need some sleep. I need some sleep. 
Yes, agreed. All right. You well, have a wonderful night, robot. You too. I hope you're feeling better. Uh, bye. Bye.